0: The I Am Independent podcast with Loretta and Bianca. Stories, advice and discussions to resource, encourage and support independent music artists.
1: On this week's episode, we speak to a truly seasoned independent artist. She's had a phenomenal career, often reinventing herself. Uh, She's in much demand as a singer. Her name is Charlene Hector. Uh, You will have seen her pop up on your TV, either doing backing vocals for uh, another artist or singing in her own right, perhaps on the television, in TV commercials as well. Uh, She has toured with big names. She's released her own projects. She is, as I said, in much demand and still making a really good Career and living as an artist. She's going to be talking about the highs and the lows and everything in between. It's a great chat to so enjoy. Ooh. Ooh.
0: So hi guys, welcome to the I Am Independent podcast and our very special guest today, we are so excited, is Charlene Hector. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm well excited. Oh, we've been looking forward to this for ages because (laughs) we just know that you've got stories upon stories Mm -hmm. and advice upon advice and tips and wisdom and encouragement we know you've got it all so thank you like we are ready we are sitting back we're leaning back in our seat and we are ready to receive
1: (laughs) i think we as well like genuinely Obviously we want you to feel comfortable but to flatter you in truth <laughs> is that we really admire you as yeah. an artist. You're a oh. woman that I know lots of singers look up to for your yeah. gift, but also how you hold yourself, how you conduct yourself as an artist. And then obviously we know you personally and you're an amazing woman as well. So Thank we kinda you. wanna know how are you all of these things at once? It's not fair. Oh, you know
0: it's Jesus. <laughs> <the Lord. laughs> nice it's a lot her? of hard work and Yeah, you know, eating. Eating really well, <laughs> getting <laughs> yeah. lots of sleep, which I never do. But yeah, there's, there's all kinds of reasons. I, I've had been very lucky to have some amazing people in my life who have taught me and, mm. and helped me along the way. So I'm always eager to pass on whatever I've learned. Can I yeah. tell you about
1: the very first time I ever heard you singing? You can, please. I would be intrigued oh, to hear oh, about this. i tell you mine as well. Okay, yeah. have, oh, I'm scared now. So I was um, eighteen <laughs> or 19, 18 or nineteen, and I was gonna, I was going to a friend's wedding. Yeah, um, And we were going to be singing, a group of us were going to be singing. And um, she was really, I don't really you'll know who I'm talking about in a minute. Um, but before we got there, everyone's like, nothing was set up and they were, everyone were rehearsing. And we were actually out in the foyer of, of this this church and they were just doing these su- sound checks. And I heard, I literally was just bustling around and I heard this voice singing So Amazing by Lisa Vandross. Aww. And I stopped and I was like, who? is that and i remember going in and there was this little girl (laughs) with a big (laughs) smile like literally, <laughs> I can't <laughs> wish you could see me now because there's this thing that Sha still does now where she just sort of swings like a little girl on her Swing heels. In
0: my chair. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly,
1: I've never heard a voice like... It. And you've heard me say this many times, oh. but you honestly are probably one of my favourite female voices. And I don't know how old you were then, 17, I probably 16? would have been the same age. You and I are around the same age, Yeah, aren't maybe a couple of years, but yeah. you were young and... An incredible voice. Thank and that's you. the first time uh, that I'd ever heard your voice. Little did I know we were going to go on to be in a band together, to be mm-hmm. friends still. Yes, Me still. still asking you for
0: advice. <laughs> so yeah, what, what about you, Bea? Um Mine is, oh, I don't know when, I'd say about 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And I think maybe it's 10 years but you were performing with Steve Austin on guitar yes, at a little Uncle gig. Dave Dave uh, Austin. Dave Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve. Mm-hmm. Dave Austin and he's incredible he and is. um you were doing an acoustic set and you were you, you I remember you singing Redemption song. Um, wow. I don't. know, I can't remember where it was, and it was packed, and everyone was silent. And a Cylon squiggle oh, came on, wow. and it was you're just it was such a purity to your voice, and thank it was you. just a beautiful moment. And and I'd been anticipating because I, you know, I'd seen you on the Coca-Cola ad, and I'd known <laughs> the things. So I was like, I'm going to see you live. <laughs> oh I'm going to see you live. <laughs> and and it was it was it was I, it lived up to the hype. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. That's so, really kind
1: of yes. When did you realise that you had a gift? Like not I can just sing, but that I had this effects on people uh, when I sing was it you know before those days when I saw you as
0: a teenager? was it before then when did you realise that that was um, something special there I don't really know because um, and that's, that's me being 100% honest there was one particular occasion a particular occasion where I was at church and I was singing and um, this gentleman came up to me afterwards and said my wife has I couldn't remember what the condition was but she hadn't been well for a long time and he said I while you were singing, she was healed. Wow! And I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's that's big, you know. Yeah. Praise the Lord, you know." <laughs> yeah. What do you say after someone says that? Yeah, how do you, that you? That. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like, yeah. oh, amen. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah. but that was maybe then while I while I was in church, I realized how um perhaps the, the you know what the effect of my voice mm. could be. Um, but I just when I when I was singing when I was younger, I just would focus more on how it made me feel when I was singing. And I just, I just know that was the freest and the happiest that I was mm. whenever, whenever I was singing. Was that from young that you started? Yeah. I mean, I, I, my gran, bless her, she's gone now, but she used to tell a story every birthday. <laughs> that, um, <laughs> but I still, every time I do like an interview or anything like that, I don't know why, but it always comes to mind. But when I was three, we were at church and the best part of church let's be honest is the singing because mm. sometimes the word is dodged you know sometimes someone's <laughs> up chatting foolishness and you're just like Ugh, and you feel tired you're sleeping yeah. had a gig the night before the best part of church is the music I don't care what anyone says so anyway we were singing and this song was going on for ages. Hey, you know how it is in Black Pentecostal Church the, the songs go on for 10 years but I loved it I thought every it was great every stanza yeah <laughs> sometimes it's only a couple of lines the yeah. same lines over yeah. and over again but it's just like yeah I was three years old enjoying this and then the music stopped and I got really upset and stood on the chair and was stamping my foot and carried on singing while everyone's trying to bring everything down and my granny was like it was most embarrassing but you know maybe that's why she loves to sing so much I've always I've always kind of had that feeling about music and about singing and collective singing as well Mm -hmm. so um did you ever want to do anything else or was this it? There was a very, very brief period of time when I was about nine years old when I wanted to be a stripper. Apart from that... Wow. A stripper? Yeah. Did you say a stripper? Yeah. I've always enjoyed Not taking... Not as in a painter and No, no. Removing either. my clothing for money. It was like, you know, I don't <laughs> wow. know where I got the idea from as a child, but I do remember... <laughs> being as in school child. yeah I was a child I, was, yeah. I remember being in school chatting to this girl we were talking about what we were going to do when we grow up and I pulled my pants down and the yeah. teacher walked in so you know instant licks from yeah. mum you know and I remember that as a child but then that kind of got beaten out of me so that's then, yeah it was say. just music all the way and that's a true story wow <laughs> and I remember the pink umbrella I got licks with as well <laughs> so yeah Sorry, um, I don't know if i was mean, supposed to talk about those. No, things, no, we, it's the truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I'm independent, land. <laughs> um, so, thank you. So, when it
1: came to school, so you knew you had this voice. Um, yeah. Although you thought this is what I want to do, did you have a realistic idea at school that I can have a career? This I know for me, it didn't feel realistic, and there weren't many people to look up to that had done that as a career. Yeah. You could have the dream of being the pop star, but like actually. You know, did you then start studying music?
0: What was your route to get into it? What happened around those those times? So I remember being 10 years old and watching Top of the Pops and thinking that's what I want to do. And then that was it. And it just, I just decided then at 10 years old I was going to be a singer when I grew up. Um, and I, I don't remember thinking, you know, I, I I this is going to be hard and I'm not going to be able to do this and it's not going to work. But my mum, bless her, was very concerned because obviously she'd been alive a lot longer than me and she'd seen like what the you know what singers like and you know you read in the papers about them getting into drugs and all these different kinds of stuff and I think she thought that might be what was going to happen to me so she was kind of like you know do something else as well because you never know what if you don't make it what if it and I think a lot of the time people confuse success with um with fame because the two are not the same thing yeah Mm. you can be famous Mm. and be completely unsuccessful and be famous because of that. Do you know what I mean? Or you mean unsuccessful as a human being? Unsuccessful as a human being, and wow. everyone knows who you are. Wow, do you know what I mean? And you're famous, wow. or you can be like some of the greatest songwriters, like you know, mm-hmm. Kathy Dennis. Obviously, she had a career as a singer, yeah. but there was a point where people only knew what her name was, but she could walk down the street and no one knew who she was. And she was one of the most, and probably still is one of the most successful songwriters of our time. Do you know what I mean? So for me, I always wanted to be successful. I wasn't bothered about being famous, Mm -hmm. but I knew that for me being successful was, um, was singing and being Mm -hmm. a singer. So I just knew that's what I was going to do, but I did go to college to kind of, you know, Um, satisfy my mum and so I can type 70 words a minute I can do shorthand (laughs) all them kind of thing I can do all of that (laughs) I can do an invoice like no other but what I knew that that's what I wanted to do is be a singer so I think what happened with me was I wasn't allowed to study music so I wanted to go to um, I don't think Brit School was around when I was coming up but I wanted to go to a music college yeah. and study music but it was like no you need to, if you're going to go to university you've got to do something you know productive like nursing established or, yeah that you know work, accounting yeah. something yeah. like that and I just wasn't interested in any of that so I stopped at college and then was like I just want to sing but I was temping for a while kept getting sessions on and off taking days off from work to do you know sessions mm. here and there what was your first professional singing job do you remember I do remember, but I don't remember the name of the artist. He was a young boy. I think he had just done something similar to Britain's Got Talent, which wasn't around at the time. Mm. And then later on, he joined a boy band when he was on, um, I think it was Pop Idol or something. He was in a group. I cannot remember his name, but it was his album anyway. And that was the first professional session. So did did. you go straight to um, backing vocals and and those support gigs? Is that what your your first... um, sort of professionally, professionally yeah i mean i I would record demos for my friends in their bedrooms and stuff you know um when i was like 16 and 17 i'd do that but then you know all oh, while i was at school and in sixth form and at college and stuff like that but um when i turned around 18 19 i joined an agency called tough and then that's when I would actually really start doing the whole top of the pops and the Brit Awards mm-hmm. and the MOBOS and all that kind of stuff, and that was that was really that was really great. That was so fun. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It was I mean, fantastic. there's.
1: I always get people asking me, Well, oh, how how do you get into tobacco vocals? And back in those days there were a couple of agencies yeah. and, and what we used to call fixers but mm-hmm. they don't really exist anymore now, do they? It's more relationary.
0: It is. I, I I'd say I get ninety nine point nine percent of my work from someone dropping me a WhatsApp and saying, You're around on Tuesday, babe and that's it. There's no kind of mm-hmm. go speak to my agent or anything like that. It's people it is definitely who you know so is it hard to get into then i say? don't think it is yeah. i think because i think now with social media it's much easier for people to find you and for people to um to see you online singing and think oh i wonder if she, you know because people can search for singers on instagram do you know what i mean and there's also a place called troy bar on a tuesday night they have an open mic people go there to sing and you know once people see you there's loads of singers always there loads of musicians always there and they'll be like I saw this girl at Troy Bar I saw this guy at Troy Bar and you can get work that way so it is more relational now but I think yeah it's definitely about making friends with other singers and other musicians and and leaving the house don't sit inside and go I really want to be a singer so I'll just record on Instagram and hope someone sees it go out let people feel your vibe let people get to know you because you know if if people like you, they'll hire you as well. You may not be the best person for the job, but if they like you, they'll say come and do a session. And that's probably what hasn't changed: is it's yeah. a networking, relationship, getting out there. Like over all the years, it, you you may have the addition of social media mm. as another tool, but um, yeah, that particular thing probably hasn't changed that much. Yeah.
1: So when you started out um, doing backing vocals for other people, did you have a vision for what you wanted? Um, your career to look like or where you wanted it to go. Um, yeah. Did you have and did you have the the vision that you wanted to be a solo artist or be in a band or were you like I really enjoy? I mean, people so it all is one of my bugwares how people underrate the skills you have to have mm-hmm. as a backing vocalist Listen. and just how difficult that job is and how you could be the difference between a, 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 the main artist sounding good or not. I and actually I that feel that
0: backing vocalists like are generally more skilled than the leads that the person up front they, they and I think may oftentimes have to be. Yeah. Um that's you have to always be able to be to adapt, you have to, yeah, learn. You've got or, to well, know what you're show, doing. What are some of
1: the skills that you have to have if you're gonna to... Because people think, oh yeah, you're just in the background doing a few oohs and
0: ahs, but mm-hmm. it, there's so much more to it, isn't there? Well, um I think as a backing vocalist there is definitely there has to be an element of a humility Because a lot of the time people will get into backing vocals because they want to be a solo artist. So they see it as a step up. But I have some great friends who have made fantastic careers out of Doing backing vocals, and I don't want to say just doing backing vocals Mm. because it's not just doing backing vocals, it's hours and hours of travelling, it's hours and hours of spending time with people who perhaps aren't very nice to you, it's hours and hours of being on stage, sound checking, rehearsing, all that kind of stuff, and you have to keep that humility. Mm. You can't be like, Well, I've just sung backing vocals for Tina Turner, I'm not going to be treated like this because you could be working with an upcoming UK artist who's not got any budget and you have to get yourself to and from every gig, whereas if you're working for Tina, you know, someone comes and picks up your bags from your house the mm-hmm. night before and, and puts them in the airport so you, you don't have to trouble your bags. There, there are gigs like that, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. you know. So it's, I think when you realise that as long as all you care about is singing and doing a good job, it doesn't matter who you sing for. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you have to know your worth and there are times where people might offer you something which perhaps wouldn't suit you and that's fine and there's nothing wrong with doing that. But I think as a, as a singer, you have to be able to, Um, change your tone Mm. to adapt with the people that you're singing with Mm. because you might be singing with people you've never met I'm very lucky in that whenever I do sessions it's been a long time since I've done a session with somebody I didn't really know Mm. um for the most part I'm singing with people that I know and love so it's you know we know each other's voices but I think when you're first starting out you will be singing with strangers and you can't be like you're too loud and you've got to be like okay let me just sit back and watch this here Mm. see what's going on and then adapt and keep your you know keep a good personality about you keep good nature about you because people are going to wind you up so if you if you submit to that every time then you're going to get a reputation for she's got a short temper or yeah. he doesn't know how to control himself or he's a little bit too shy or whatever so just read the room wherever yeah. you go and just just be I sit back and observe a lot, hmm. and people, you know me, Loretta. So you know I'm the least quiet person you'll ever meet. <laughs> yeah. But some people actually think I'm quiet because I'm just like, okay, let me see how this is gonna go, and then I adapt accordingly. So it's maybe when it it's when it's like a lot going on, a lot of voices, yeah. it seems a bit stressful. like, okay, yeah. let, me hang, let me just hang, hang back, look a little piece where I will fit in. Yeah, here. yeah. So, but you know, as a backing vocalist, you have to have that talent. You have to be able to observe rather than right. I can read music. I know what's going on here. I'll take control of this situation. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are like that. And sometimes they're hired because they're like that. Mm. You know, so it's important to be yourself. But at the same time, if you're just coming up and you don't know how things go, observe as much as you can.
1: Yeah, so I do want to go back to my my question about your own journey and mm. and how you thought that would map out. But just on that, how important is it for um, somebody who's doing session singing or wants a career in that to be able to
0: read music? I can't read music. Um, so I wouldn't say it's important. You will get different work if you can read music, and perhaps more work if you can read music because there'll be certain jobs that that you'll be called for specifically because you can read. Um, but
1: it's not necessarily a disadvantage.
0: It's not a disadvantage. Um, I, Do I you was... remember? Tell me. <laughs> Just come back. Tell me why right now. Remember the um,
1: <laughs> we got booked for a session, uh-huh. and um, we got there, and there was there was like two camps of sort of choirs. I'm half remember it. it's coming back to me as I'm speaking. Was it that but... play
0: that we did? Yes, Ragtime. That's... Yes. <laughs> don't say the name. I remember <laughs> Ragtime. Yay.
1: Anyway, all the black people could read, and all the
0: white people could. It was really basically, bad. Oh basically, I will remember that like that way.
1: But yeah, <laughs> but basically, we got there and we were just handed the sheet music and we we're like, oh, we don't read. Yeah. And they looked at us like, oh my gosh, this is going to be awful but the amazing thing i mean there was a steep learning curve mm-hmm. doing that show wasn't it but i do remember that the i think it was the md commented at the end that because we didn't rely on sh- sheet music mm. firstly it makes you a very quick learner because yeah. you, you get used to, you picking to up memorize everything yeah we we've learned it so we could straight away go on to feel mm. whereas they're reading the mu- music and had to add feel after because it's it was almost they were perfect technically mm. yeah. but it didn't portray it and i just remember thinking because at first we were like, oh my gosh, we look like the unprofessional ones you don't know. Yeah. But and I just, there was some moments we almost didn't
0: pull off. it. The-, yeah. <laughs> the dancing in the, how do you know? Not, I don't remember how it went, but yeah, that was really interesting. But it
1: was just interesting for me that actually you can think somebody is at an advantage because they read. But mm-hmm. there are actual advantages to having to rely on a
0: quick ear and, and feel and things yeah, like that. Mm. Definitely. I mean, um, December just gone, I was lucky enough to be involved in a pantomime. And um, we were given um, sheet music to uh, kind of read and learn our parts. And all of us were like, because we were part of, I was part of a gospel choir and you know obviously we're all musical we're all singers but some of us were like I can't I can't read this I don't know what it says and the guy bless him Ollie who's so lovely he was playing things for us to to say this is how it goes and we had to tape it and listen to it and learn it that way Mm. and it was but it was such an intense process because we were learning dance moves we were learning lines we were learning cues all kinds of things and then on top of it we've been given sheet music so it was a real challenge but Mm. I think one in in the pantomime land, you, that's what you do. You read the music, and you you know you you get the parts. And we were sent MP3s of versions of the songs that we had to learn as well. Um, but if we had been able to read music, I think that would have been a lot. That process would have been a lot easier for us. Mm. So I think although not being able to read, I wouldn't call it a disadvantage. Being able to read is definitely an advantage. Mm. Um, it makes life a lot easier on a lot of different scales. I remember working with one particular singer um as a backing vocalist and she could read and in order to learn parts what I do is I listen and then I write the words out and then I sing along whilst reading the words and then I try and do it without the words as much as possible. That's how I learn songs. She learns songs by she can write a stave on a blank piece of paper and put the notes out and read them. And that's how she wow. she learnt the songs. And mm-hmm. I remember doing a gig with her thinking, What's that? <laughs> oh yes darling I just wrote it out and I was like, yeah, you really did, didn't you? You actually wrote it out. So she was reading the the gig Wow. while I was, I had memorised it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great advantage to be able to read and it's definitely something in the future that I would like to do, but I, I wouldn't say it's a disadvantage specifically. Mm-hmm. I love that, you know, you've been in the game for so long, but you're like, you know what, I'm still going yeah. to learn. It's never something. too yeah. late, it's never too late. And I think what people think is like, People, we're always so concerned about looking good mm. and being right and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And a lot of the time, you know, the time is going to pass anyway. So you can get to my age, I'm 40, you can get to 40 years old and say, right, I'm going to learn the guitar and then just not do anything about it. But a whole year is going to pass and either you can learn six more chords than you know already, mm. or you can just stay with the two chords that you know yeah. now. And But a year is still going to pass. So what are you going to do with that time? I was looking I mean? at some guy on, on Instagram and he was literally just up and down on that electric guitar. He was just mm. doing some amazing tune, like um, improvising. And he said, I challenged myself a year ago to sit with him, like put my energies into learning. And I was like, a year ago? Mm. Bro, like he, he seems like mm. he's been playing for a very mm. long time. So a year.
1: Similarly, he- on a Instagram this mm. morning... I went on holiday to Portugal last year and weirdly met some old friends who were literally in the same tiny place we were. And their 16-year-old son had on the holiday, cause it, his dad's a brilliant guitarist, picked up guitar mm. and decided he wanted to play. So he literally was showing him his first chords. This morning, I saw the same boy playing and, uh, and singing a song he'd written mm. amazingly. And I literally messaged him was like... Uh, yeah. Have he started on the holiday? Yep, he started wow. last August, yeah. and now he's playing. See, what you, you just do? do a little bit every
0: day. Yeah, yeah. it makes a difference, you know. Yeah, and people will say, "Oh, I'm too old to learn Italian, no. or I'm too old to start dancing." You're never too old. My friend Luke. He, by the way, my friend Luke is doing adult dance classes in Beaconsfield So if anyone's around and you want to go to Beaconsfield I'll find out the dates. But I'm going because I love dancing. Yeah, and I want to dance, so I'm going to go and have lessons with Luke, who's. Definitely 20 years younger than me. That's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> I like dancing. I want to go to a dance class on land. So. Why not? Yeah, man. Man. Never too late for anything.
1: So back to your journey then mm-hmm. as a as a young teen, knowing that you wanted to sing, seeing mm-hmm. Top of the Pops and going, that's what I want to do. And then starting out as a session singer, did you have visions to, I'm going to do this for a while and then I'm going to do my own thing and be a solo artist? Or were you like, this is good. I am comfortable here. I know this. there's a there's scope for work here. Mm-hmm. What was your... Vision and
0: dreams at that time? Well, to be honest, I really enjoyed backing singing. I felt that I was learning a lot as a backing singer. learning a lot about the industry but i had people telling me you should be a solo artist Mm. so there was a lot of pushing there was a lot of do you write there was a lot of you know have you recorded anything what where's your solo project it's almost like it's expected Mm. if you're an artist um, or if you're a singer or a musician of some kind you're expected to do a solo project so i had a lot of people saying to me you need to do that So I think maybe out of a little bit of pressure, I submitted and I and I made an E P. called Expressions, which I th- it wasn't that I felt pressured but I just felt like I didn't really have anything to say and mm. I think it's really important as yeah. an artist to have something to say and I didn't feel like I had anything now all I knew about was you know I'd never been at that point I'd never been in a relationship I'd never had any kids I'd never had any terrible awful experiences that I could draw from to write about you know so it was kind of and I think it's important as an artist to write about your experiences. Stuff, yeah. but if you're not had any experiences and all you've had is a great time, you've been travelling all over the place and you're enjoying yourself, singing with some great people, what you got to whinge about? And I think it's, it's important to have something to whinge about as Do an you artist. Think? Yeah, man. You, you can got, make happy music. You man. can make happy music. But let me tell you something <laughs> In the Lonely Hour, Sam Smith, yeah. that thing made him some money and all the tunes were about heartbreak. You know, I can't think of a happy album right now. <laughs> like, I think it's a genre <laughs> I'm thing. sure there are a I think a lot. it's a genre thing because if it was dance music or a different genre, you could you could True. just make it. I mean, a lot of those songs, the actual lyrics are sad. Right. But <laughs> you could, you, I mean, you could, you could make happy music. But happy I think, Do you know what I think it is? I think people want to feel like they're not alone. Yeah. Mm. And when you're happy, everyone's around. When you're sad, people tend to desert you to some degree. So when you hear music that says, yeah. I've been through that. I've been there. It makes people go, Oh, do you know what I wanna to listen to that? I don't know why it is and maybe it's a it's it's obviously I think it's a psychological about the fact thing. That you but... can
1: also interpret a song. Yeah. Like how one person hears a yeah. song, another person hears it. So if it's about a breakup, mm. suddenly it's about your breakup. Yeah. And then the other person it's about their breakup. And their breakup's different to mine, but mm-hmm. I'm relating it to mine. So it's and music makes you feel it, it's, it makes you feel anyway and it's personal in that way so I do think yeah. it's not our, our um, happy times seem to feel more individual so you you know I don't like I in can't the car, think of many happy songs I want, I
0: sometimes I just want all my cheese and want to be singing yeah, them yeah, it happy it, it doesn't
1: evoke memory though does it so you'll no. go I feel great right yeah. now yeah. Yeah. but okay, there's something yeah. about a sad song that will make mm. you think of that person you've yeah. lost That's true. Yeah. or that memory or that struggle or that season, or that yeah. struggle, or yeah. that season. Yeah. but
0: happy songs are almost in the present aren't yeah, they it's true it's true, mm-hmm. but I think yeah i yeah I think definitely, so you don't think that that um e p necessarily um the content wasn't what you. Would, want it to, would you prefer to have waited a bit longer loved, to do I something like that? To be love that EP. To be, love yeah, it. me too. Thank you. But I mean, there was one song I, I wrote about my friend Alex who passed away. He committed suicide. And um, there was one song that was on there about him at the time. Mm. Um, but apart from that, everything else was about unrequited love mm. and, you know, and getting up and do what you want to do and, you know, trying to be positive and all of that. Um, and I, I wasn't, I hadn't really expanded my songwriting enough but I tried and I did something and I think it's important yeah. to try and do something as well you know even if it you look back on it and feel oh god at least you did something you I know mean, you've, got so have, you've got to have things to look back on that you roll it. your eyes at. Yeah, that's yeah. it so and find new up until, diaries. yeah up until the other day someone was like oh, I'm gonna have your song at my wedding you know um so just wow. all these different kinds of things where but I think that particular song um, it's called you don't have to tell me it was very it was written from a place of where is this? Because I've been single a long time and I was like, where is he? And that's what I was writing from and that's the song that people remember the most from the EP. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So that's what I mean when I say it's important to, okay, have to yeah. whinge about. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think for me, uh, being a solo artist was definitely not a, pro- uh, a priority to, to answer your question. I just wanted to sing. I just wanted to make money and I just wanted to travel. And I was doing that. So I, I was like, oh, this is great. I, I don't need to be a solo artist. But Do you
1: think sometimes people artists can make the wrong decision or or not realize the choice they're so often um let me think about how i phrase this. an artist has a need to authentically put their art and gift out there mm-hmm. and then um they don't realize how that means being poor for a long time mm-hmm. possibly forever <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you can have a whole um career um in music doing what you love and using your gifting mm-hmm. but um not necessarily doing your yeah, authentic it looks art. different mm-hmm. so yeah but in a way it makes sense to do you know I, I guess it depends on going back to the very first thing you said about defining success mm-hmm. what did success look like and feel like
0: for you how did you get clarity on that for me my definition of sec- of success was completely unrelated to music I thought you were successful if you had a family and a husband and some children. And if you didn't have that, I, well, I felt if I didn't have that, then I was unsuccessful. Mm. So even though I was travelling all over the world and singing with all kinds of different people and doing all kinds of gigs and all kinds of shows, performing at the Royal Albert Hall, the O2, you know, Wembley Arena, all these places that people look at as iconic places, Sydney Opera House, all over the place, all over the world. I didn't see myself as a successful person. Um, It was only maybe in the last couple of years or so that, for me, success became about being happy. Mm. And you can be single with no kids and no husband and be incredibly happy. Trust me. How amazing
1: (laughs) that so many people would have watched you at that time and gone, oh, my gosh, she is living her best life. I want what she's doing, yeah. yeah, That is success.
0: Yeah. Uh, But for me, success now is about being happy. And if you are singing all over the world and you've got a great relationship and children who love you and you're unhappy, mm. to me that suggests being unsuccessful because it's not about things, it's not about what, you've, what you yeah. have, it's about how you feel about who you are. That is success to me. So even though some people would look at my career and say, wow, she's one of the most successful singers I know personally, I felt unsuccessful because I didn't have a relationship. And then I realised actually the relationship I have with myself is important and that's where my self-esteem comes from and that's where my you know my outlook on life comes from because if I'm constantly waiting for someone else to fall in love with me and I'm not in love with me what the hell do you know what I mean you've got to you've got to get to that place so then no matter where you are in your life no matter whether you're a poor artist or whether you're making loads of money all the time if you're happy with yourself you can only be successful you know so Mm -hmm. that's that's what I think anyway.
1: Just a quick reminder that we have a growing library of really useful videos on our YouTube page, including interviews with artists and music industry insiders sharing their experience and expertise. Search I Am on YouTube or visit our website www.iamindependent.co.uk. In terms of I mean you mentioned some of the stages and countries you've been you've you've performed in front of thousands for mm. for many years and um, touring with basement jacks and all sorts of artists that we we know and love what are some of the things that you learned from working up close to successful artists in terms mm. of um chart success and Fan success or all those things that um on the whole people see as successful um, you saw that up close you've you've done tours with people yeah. um, what does that look like up close and what did you learn about people about the music industry and about yourself from observing that close
0: So about people, I learned that there's what I call coattail syndrome, where people kind of will latch on to you when they see you as being successful or they see you as working with certain artists. Mm. All of a sudden, they'll, do you want to meet up for a drink? Do you want to go Mm. out? And then when you're not working with that artist anymore, all of a sudden you don't hear from people anymore. So I experienced a little bit of that. Um, In terms of the music industry, it's very um, clear that if your album's not going to number one, you will be dropped from your record label. Um, there's a lot less artist development out there than there mm. used to be. Back in the day, I remember someone told me a story that um, when Stevie Wonder uh, first got his record deal, they said, take as long as you want, do whatever you want, work with whoever you want. And when the thing is ready, just let us know. Wow. Now it's like you've got three months mm. and, and that, as a matter of fact, bring the product to us and we'll just put it out for you. That's a record deal now. Do you know what I mean and then you have these 360 deals where they take a percentage of yeah, everything, everything that you okay. do you know there's, it's just crazy ugh. You have to, you have to know who you are. And if you don't know who you are, there's always going to be someone out there who's ready to tell you who you are. (laughs) And you you can be happy to believe them and all the rest of that. But, you know, you you have to know what it is that you want out of this industry. And if you want to be rich, you're in the wrong industry. Mm. If you want to be powerful, you're in the wrong industry. You have to be doing this because you've got something to say. Like I say, you've got something to whinge about. You've got something on your mind. You want people to feel like, I think people don't understand how much musicians help hmm. mankind. Hmm. We help. Even when Prince died and, you know, I remember being at a rehearsal, bawling my eyes out, and the people that I was with were not Prince fans, so they didn't understand why I was so upset. And they were just kind of like, you know, oh, wow, that's really sad. But I was heartbroken because it's like this pioneer who flipping went on top of the pops in a raincoat, you know, <laughs> just letting us know weirdos we're okay us weirdos we can be exactly who we are say what we want to say and there are weirdos out there who can't sing and they can't dance and they feel like they can't be themselves but then they'll see prince or they'll see me or they'll see you Mm. and they'll be like well if she can do that then i can do this you know we free people and and i think people underestimate how much power we have Mm. when we actually speak our truth you know so when you have artists who are super talented and they're great writers and they work with lots of artists and all of that and then you have people going ooh let me see how I can mould this and then you get management saying try this wear this go to this person speak to this person and, and sing with that person and meanwhile you're getting lost as to who you are and what you want to say so I, th- I don't think fame is um, I don't think fame is important I think success i.e. knowing who you are and loving yourself that is that to me is successful But I have seen time and time again, you know, people just the schedules that people are under Mm. you know it's like okay you've got 30 shows back to back and no days off do you know that vocal cords don't work like that (laughs) they don't work like that you know you can play keyboards um for 30 days in a row without any problems but vocal cords don't work like that they need to rest but it's like well this is the schedule and if you want to be successful and you want your album to go to number one this is what you've got to do and they do it and then they lose their voice and have to cancel dates or have a breakdown or have a breakdown Mm. it's like you're not seen as a person you're seen as a commodity and i've seen that time and time again so in that respect, I think, you know, being signed is not the be all and end all. There are some people, some record companies who are really conscientious. They're usually quite small and independent. And they do. They consider you and they care about you and they want to, you know, you're a music manager. You know how it is when you, yeah. you know, you've got an artist and you, you, you advise them based on what's best for them. Yeah. You're not advising them based on, well, I need to make this amount of money. and blah, 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 blah. But there are very few people who think like that in the music industry. It's It's a money industry now. It's not about music and what does this artist have to say and you know all that kind of stuff it's all about well, how much money are we going to make and is it going to go to number one and if not buy
1: how do you feel about artists who don't have something to say or perhaps don't i don't know if this is the right word deserve to be there and what, what i mean by that i was having this discussion the other day about because you brought up prince so mm. there's artists mm. in our time and in history who could not of done anything else, they were absolutely born mm. to do that. Like, yeah, they were gonna, you know, when they were a star and they deserved to be a star. Mm. And then we get people who have a great voice and a pretty face, or just a pretty face and an okay voice sometimes, <laughs> yeah. or something quirky or a machine behind them. Yeah. And I, I think that anyone who has a passion to be an artist deserves to be an artist. And absolutely. you're an artist if you're an artist. Yeah. Um, but also there is that in terms of the machine the industry getting behind people who aren't a prince or you know and make and also not caring about what happens these people get it squeezing out the money very quickly and then Mm. going how do you feel about that when you see that when you work as a consistent singer with people who are genuinely talented and and genuinely artistic genuinely have it in them Mm. how do you feel about that? How do I feel about them not... About seeing that out there and that that exists and it happens and gets championed and people get behind it or fall fall for it, if
0: you like. I mean, listening to the radio is a little bit depressing at the moment because it's the same eight tunes Mm. across the same radio stations. I remember several times I've been sat in my car and a song will be on Capital Radio and the same song will be on Kiss FM Mm. It'd be in a slightly different key, mm. and you switch between the record, um, the radio stations, and you could hear the changing key. But because of that particular radio station, the kind of music they play, it needs to be half a semitone higher Mm -hmm. for whatever reason because that's the frequency that is emitted by that radio station and then you listen to that and then you get and go like 10 minutes later the same song is on a different radio station it's the same eight tunes over and over again and that's what gets rammed down our throats because people want to feel happy and Mm -hmm. people need you know da 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 and it's I, I don't know I mean at the end of the day like I say the music industry is an industry it's no longer about being creative it's no longer about um Freedom of expression. It's about making money. So, if that's how it is, then that's how it is. And I, I to be honest, I don't really think about it. To be honest, where does
1: that leave artists? I think. Or well, what
0: choice would if you was advising art artists like newer artists that like mm. who you think okay you're, you've got something, you've got something to say, you've got um, you've got talent that you know, that you can develop and and what would you, would you, what would you advise? I mean, it's really hard oh. because artists are different. So yeah. Maybe a deal might be good for one artist and it's not for another. Mm-hmm. But what would you? I would advise honing your craft. Mm. Just be really damn good at what you do mm. because there's one thing people can always say, oh, you know, I don't particularly like that type of music, but there's no denying when someone's good. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And even if you don't get a record deal, even if you go on The Voice and you don't win, people hear you people know you're out there i mean i i um did the voice a while ago i was auditioned for the voice a couple of years ago and i had a tour with basement jacks in the diary and i didn't i i told them straight away that my first audition i can't make filming dates on these dates because i won't be here and then as the you know as as the process went on i ended up um getting onto team Tom I went I did my live audition mm. and I was like by the way I still can't make these days don't worry see how it goes don't worry and I was like okay and then it came to it right so then we need, we need to record on these days and, and I was like I can't make those days I did tell you that from the beginning next call I got was from the legal team saying I was in breach of contract mm. because I had agreed did it so it's all about wow mm. mm. You know, industry and making money and all of that, and I was like, "But I told you I'm going to go on tour." They thought I would ditch the tour yeah. to be on telly. telly Nobody yeah. realize I've been on telly for twenty years, babe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This is not. Yes, yeah, no big thing. This is not excitement yeah, for me. Yeah. Like, am I going to pay my rent? That's excitement for me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, is there food in the fridge? Ah, oh, I'm well excited. Mm. But being on the telly, I'm alright. You know. Mm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just. I think they thought. Well, she's been a backing vocalist for all this time. This is her chance yeah. to be in the front. They don't know anything about me. They don't know that I don't care about being in the front. I but suppose I think more people should care because then yeah. they would make the best decisions for them when it. they come when these are presented to them. Yeah. that like, actually is this good for me? Not this is my only opportunity. because exactly, that's yeah. not true. Because that's what they say on there. Yeah. This is my chance. This is my last, yeah, chance. Chance. My you last know, chance. This is my yeah. last you the You you I mean, you know, you could get your next chance when you're fifty years old and you're touring around the world, right. playing your guitar and singing. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I think for me it's uh, when, when I look at artists who perhaps are just, you know, aren't as talented as my friends, for example, mm. at the end of the day, if you're out there and you're getting it due, more power to you. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? But I think that people who um, don't have record deals or, or don't win The Voice or Britain's Got Talent or whatever, you know, and no disrespect to those shows because they do help people, mm. and they do launch people mm. into certain careers. But I think that, there's definitely something to be said for not equating fame with success. Mm. It's all about get really good at what you do. If you're a dancer, go to classes, make sure that you're getting the education, make sure you're up to date with the new styles, do all of that. If you're a makeup mm. artist, same speed, mm. go and do a course, go and you know keep yeah. your chops up, invite your friends around to your house to practice on them, whatever you need to do. If you're a singer, go and learn an instrument. Mm. Go and find a friend who plays keys, and go to their house for an hour once a month, and just get a little yeah. tip, and then carry on for that month. And then go and see him again another month. When you're back off tour, go and do that. Do you mm. know what I mean? Just build yourself, build yourself. Mm. Don't wait for someone to come and say to you, "Oh, I've got this for you" or "I've got that for you." Just keep building, keep yeah. chugging away in the background, so that when time comes and you think, "Oh, actually, I might fancy doing mm. a gig," you can just pull out your guitar or your key or your That's clarinet, so your recorder, whatever you want to play, <laughs> and do your thing. Do you know what I mean? You're not waiting for like, oh, can someone play for me can someone become as self-sufficient as possible yeah as so self-sufficient as possible that's what i would say to those people mm. that's so good yeah. so we were talking earlier and i think we're jumping around a bit but this is where it's going to go because there's so much to be said <laughs> um we we're talking you know off air um about the importance of being nice yes and would love you to talk about that <laughs> well, this is a big a one. one for you because yeah. i know that
1: you really care about this, don't you? I and do. you've seen everything.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. from I've seen some bad, some
1: poor behaviour.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um, um, but it it really it's so important. People think um, that the music industry is cutthroat, and it is. Mm-hmm. So they think you almost have to be Uncried. unkind to make yeah. it. But mm-hmm. you found the opposite, haven't you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really important to um, to yeah to just be nice, which sounds a bit cliche, but I think you know doing things like saying hello to you walk into a room full of people and actually saying hello to everyone even if you don't know everyone they say hi everyone but what if you're introverted like me and it's just so hard babe i'm the shyest person you ever meet which you never no one ever believes me when i say that but i'm i definitely have to you know when you're shaking inside and just like there's a bunch of people in there that i don't know just walk in and be like hi so you just like you've decided that it doesn't really matter about my natural bent in that way. This no. is important to do. Definitely, right? Definitely. I think I'm just plain awkward. Yeah, me <laughs> same. Too, man. same really you know, someone Really. How are you? Go ham. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm fine. Thank you. N- and nobody yeah. asks you about processed meat, yeah, baby yeah, Okay. Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? So, so yeah, it's. It, it, I know what you mean. It can be a little bit because you've got these things in your head, like don't say anything stupid, yeah. don't say anything <laughs> stupid, and then you do, and then it's weird. But yeah, so I know how that goes. But. I think if you... uh, Saying hello to people when you walk into a room Mm. I think is a a good place to start. It was good. When we saw you before, like, you, you know, you introduced yourself to everybody that was there. Even they weren't really going to be part of a conversation but yeah. they were just in the room and you yeah. what's your name? And I was like, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did it too. Like when I entered this room. But yeah. you know, I deserved I, I it. it I'm, I'm quite good at remembering people's names as well. My good. friends laugh at me all the time. It's like, this girl with names. Because I think when you remember someone's name, it makes them feel valuable. important yeah. and valuable and yeah. special. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of lucky in that because of what I've done in life, people will come up to me and say, hi, Charlene. And I'm like... Have I met you before? No, mm. but I've seen you on such and such. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And what's your name? Mm. And, you know, it's so it can be a little bit strange when people kind of already know who you are and I never w- know what to say. I still introduce myself. I still say, hi, I'm Charlie. And they're like, I know who you are. And you're like, what do I say now? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, know who you are. Here. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I, the reason, I think the reason I do that, there's two reasons. I am going to do some name dropping now. Right. Do it. Do, do it. it, do it. <laughs> so I did... Um, the European Music Awards for MTV Mm. um, with Basement Jacks way, way back in the day. And Alicia Keys at the time um, was one of my heroes. And she's she's amazing. I think she's fantastic. I've worked with her since and she's brilliant. But I remember seeing her and she was walking down this corridor. She had this huge entourage. I was like, I don't care what happens. Mm. I'm going in there and I'm going to get a picture with that woman. So, you know, everyone was kind of stopping her and stuff and, you know, she's walking out. she's just trying to get to the stage and I just pushed through everyone. And I was like, I've still got the picture, it's hilarious. She looked so composed and I'm just like, she <laughs> <laughs> looked like a crazy woman. But um, I said to her, uh, your album is just, you know, it inspires me so much. I think it's it's just so wonderful. Thank you so much. And the way that she looked at me was if I was the only person that had ever told her her album was any good. And she said, thank you so much. It's like it meant the world to her that this strange, crazy black woman <laughs> had come up to her and said all of this. And she was, I said, you know what? Anytime anybody tells me they like my voice or my music, that's that, how I'm going to yeah. respond. Yeah. So, you know, i got my picture. She goes, I remember, i never forget. She goes, you ready? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> And then they did a picture of her face like that. So yeah, that was that was one reason why I always try mm. to be gracious when That's people good. tell me they like my stuff. Mm. But then at the same um ceremony or the same award show, we had a dinner the night before for all the artists. And Kylie Minogue came over to our table because everyone was on separate tables, like one band here, one band there. She wasn't having that. So she got up and she came over to her. She goes, hi, my name's Kylie. I just wanted to say hello. And we all looked at her like, we know who you is, bitch, <laughs> you know? You're, you're introducing yourself like Ain't nobody know who you are. We know who you are. And I thought, if Kylie needs to introduce herself, how much more me Right? nobody knows? Yeah. Come on, man. Kylie Minogue. <laughs> hi, I'm Kylie. We know you <laughs> Are you okay? So I said, from now on, hello. My name's right. Charlene. I'm right. not anyone, but hello. Yeah. You know, I thought she can do it. It's good enough for her. It's good enough for me. So, and I just thought that was really nice. Yeah. I remember how it made me feel yeah. that this mega famous woman had just come over and said, "I just feel like we're all too separate. How are you guys doing? Yeah. You know, I was, I was like, jeez." Like, that's a lesson, right there. That's a lesson. So there's you know? some good ones. You don't have to mention the
1: names this time. But what about some situations? <laughs> yeah, we need you've that team. That team, like, but no names. I us do after. not want to be like that. I never want to <laughs> make someone feel that way. Oh
0: my goodness! I think I've been really lucky with the people that I've worked with. You know, mm. very, very lucky. Um, do you think it's because you've been a certain way, or do you um, know what I mean? Like you brought a certain vibe, so people respond with kindness. Or I don't know. I think. It's hard to say because obviously, you know, I think I've just been, um, yeah, really blessed, really mm. lucky with the people that I've worked with. And I just haven't had, I haven't really had any bad experiences with someone where I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, or no. I mean, if I have, I'd probably blank them out. Mm. I'm but sure just there was industry that, people because it doesn't actually have to yeah, be, you know, what the about main person. Maybe,
1: um, connected because i know it's something you have experienced you spoke mm. about about getting used to even re- rejection or yeah. so that's not necessarily being treated badly but you can feel bad yeah mm. i
0: mean there was one instance with me and my friend um we'd gone to do backing vocals for this um artist back in the day and um the md who was the drummer at the time had called both of us and said I've got a gig for you can you come and and the rehearsals at this place and blah blah, blah. to this day we have not been paid for that rehearsal wow. and i believe the re- i was a good 8 years ago mm. That's another story But um, So we went to this rehearsal The artist was really happy with us We had a great time All right, gigs tomorrow No problem It was just one song And then apparently Management called up The MD and said Which singers did you get? And he said Oh i got Charlene And and so And he said Oh um, Are they big and black? Hmm. And he said Uh not that that's important but yeah why Because goes oh no we don't want big black singers so you need to find some other people gigs tomorrow, we've done the rehearsal the Mm-mm. artist is happy but management came in and said we don't want big black singers mm-hmm. so wow. then we were taken off the gig and that was that yeah. and I saw that man I think I was I don't know where I was but I think I was uh, doing backing vocals for Emily Sandé or someone and he saw me and he was like hi I know you from somewhere <laughs> I said yeah you still owe me money it's Nice to see you. Did you say <laughs> yes, that? Yes, I did. And he was just like, Do I? I was like, Yeah. But, you know, it's okay. Have a nice evening. And I bounced. Like, to I was like, I could have punched him in his throat, but then I would have been arrested. It wouldn't have been good. So no, just, you, well, did him, you did, did, did not. You did Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> good night. See you later. So, yeah. I think for Look.
1: artists, the um, comparison thing mm. is a big thing, isn't it? Yes. How do you deal with. Um, being on gigs and then not being chosen the next time or going for things and it seeming like a sure bet but then not being chosen and knowing Mm -hmm. someone else is does that get easier as time goes on?
0: Um, I think you have to remember that a lot of the time it's nothing to do with you as as a as a you know as a singer i i try to remember that it's nothing to do with me i've learnt over the years not to take things personally and i've had a lot of that i've had you know i've been working with an artist one year and then they change all the backing singers and it's i'm not working with them that year but then i'll be back on 3 years later or you know, I'll do a gig with someone and then not get asked to do that gig again for whatever reason. And, you know, sometimes you don't even know why or there'll be some a friend doing something massive and you think, oh, they'll call me and then they don't. And it's like, oh, okay. But what I have learned is that I can't take those things personally. Mm. At the end of the day, if I know my heart, I've not done anything wrong, I've not been unprofessional, I've not, you know, spoiled anyone's career or anything like that, you know, or done something really, really bad, then there's no reason why I should ever think you know, well, they just don't like me. And even if they don't like me, so what? Not mm. everyone's gonna like you, do you know what I mean? I've got good friends, I've got people around me that love me and care about me. I still got my mum, mm. you know, I can talk to her anytime I want. Some people don't have that, you know. So I've got so much to be grateful for. That, And that's what I mean about success being related to yeah. your own personal happiness. Because yeah. if you look and say, well, I didn't get picked for that gig, that means I'm a failure then you're going to be feeling like a failure all the all the flaming time do you know what I mean? it's like, because it will happen so as long as you look at your life and you say i have this this and i'm grateful for that find my advice is to find five things as often as you can every day if you can that you're grateful for before you go to sleep and you'll feel successful yeah do you know what i mean but yeah i, I get i don't get picked for stuff all the time i just like oh well you Ain't gonna have the shower on your tings. It's alright. It's all good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. I get to sleep. Yay, nap time. <laughs> That's definitely the most common thought when I don't get picked for stuff. More sleep yeah. for me. <laughs> um, in your career, have you had those down seasons where you haven't worked for a bit, like a few weeks, a few months? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have, like, how how do you like sustain yourself? Do you are you like a saver in terms of you make sure you've got money in the banks to sustain you in those? Seasons? Like, mm-hmm. what? How do you negotiate that? Prayer. pray a lot,
1: please Lord can have some
0: money please Lord can have a gig a lot of the time but I think my circumstances are different because I have literally been in debt my entire adult life so uh, I'm literally just coming to the end of that period now but as an adult and as a performer I have squandered my money because there have been times where I've been earning a lot of money Mm -hmm. and so you do you go to Mac, you go to wherever Mm -hmm. and you you go and you buy this and you buy that and you don't do your tax returns on time so then you do three years of tax returns in one go and instantly owe a huge amount of money which you don't have because you spent it all and so i've learned a lot Mm. over the over um my career about saving money but literally only last year did i learn how to budget Mm. and how to save so i thought you save you just put some money in an account but what I was doing was I put money in an account and I look at it oh there's 600 pounds mm. in there i am going shopping no that's yeah. not how you save <laughs> but that's how I would save so only now uh, in, and uh, you know I'm a grown woman but only now until someone actually speaks to you and says this is what you do yeah. a lot of the time you're not good. you don't know. know what you don't mm. know mm. you know what I mean yeah. exactly you don't know what you don't know so for me um, what has been interesting is having to have that discipline where I say all mm. right Yes, I've just been paid this amount of money. My rent is covered. My bills are covered. And so I've got this much left. Okay, maybe I won't spend it. Maybe I'll put half of it away and then keep the rest as, you know, as, as an emergency if anything happens. Mm. If a bill comes out unexpectedly, which I forgot about, or a direct debit or something. You know, I've learned to manage my money. And I would say as artists, because we're so creative, paperwork and direct yeah. debits is the last thing on our minds and -hmm. if you're on your own like you're a single person you don't have anyone to help you with that then I would say talk to somebody get some advice about how to manage your money because dry spells are a given they are a given unless you, usually January, February is the driest period of time, right? So unless you're going on tour with an artist who is working in Australia, because Australia's summertime is January, February, well, from about November to, to um, March is their summertime, is when it's nice and hot. So they have a lot of festivals, mm. they have a lot of things going on. So if you're not working in January, you're gonna be in your house twiddling your thumbs. Mm. So you can have a sideline as well. Like I make scented candles as well. Yeah. That's my sideline. Um, you know, and there's lots of other things that that you can do, uh, but you have to make sure. All right, looking at the diary because I already know what I'm going to be doing in December, and I know what that job entails, and I know um, how much money I'm going to earn on that job, and I know that it's not going to be enough to cover me for January and February. So right now, mm. I'm looking at the jobs and the gigs that I'm going to be doing over the summer and say, okay. There's a lot of forward thinking you have to do. So I'm yeah. like, okay, let me just save for January and February because I know that because of that job I'm doing in December, it's going to take up a lot of time but I'm not going to have as much as I need for this. So let me start in the summertime just mm. chilling away, putting away, yeah. putting away. And every time I get paid, I have HMRC's bank details in my online banking. Every time I get paid, I send them ten percent, 10% of mm. what I earn and then I put away 10% and then the rest is what I work with. So... In order to, all my debt is HMRC related. Yeah. But come August the 31st, I will have paid everything mm-hmm. that I owe. And I did my tax return on time for the first time this year. Yay. I'm doing this 20 years. And yeah. I paid my tax on time for the first time this year. Mm. Whereas every time it's like, I've, I haven't done my tax return mm. four years in a row. I've got to do them all now and hand them in and then instantly owe a shed load of money and be back to square one. But that's never going to happen to me again. Mm. Just because I say, all right, let me take that 10% over there, mm. put that 10% over there and then you can you can move yeah. but there does come a point where it feels a bit squeezy and a bit squashy because you haven't got as much money as you're used to having because you're not spending wildly mm-hmm. so i think it's definitely definitely something to be said for get hmrc's bank details because yeah. if you're self-employed you're going to need to give them money it's just as simple as that and send them money intermittently that's the one piece of advice i would give to someone and save aside a little portion of everything you get paid so that when you do get your tax bill, you can go, here you go. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone till January next mm-hmm. year. <laughs>
1: that's so good. That so important. Too. I think yeah. it's gonna be, that's going to resonate with a lot of artists. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to hear it, but I need to learn it. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you about the fact that um now you're working with the group that you're in as well, La Shavi. And uh, So you've got that. So that's a um a, a per, more of a personal pr- uh, project because you yes. you're writing your own songs yes. um but you're still obviously working doing the backing, singing as well. Do you do you yeah. get a different thing out of doing your own personal project? Does it feel
0: different? Or and tell us about like introduce La Shavi to okay. our audience too. Le Shavu is <laughs> La Donna, she's the La in Le Shavu, I'm the Shah in Le Vu. and Vula is the Vu in La Shavu, it's three of us. And we have worked as a section, a back and vocal section for many, many years. And about two years ago, a friend of ours said, you guys should just do a gig, just just do it, see what happens. And, and so that's what we did. We ended up booking um, Pizza Express in Dean Street. And the day that the tickets went on sale, Everything sold out in six hours. And apparently we hold the record for the fastest selling tickets at that venue. (laughs) I believe it. Just so you know. (laughs) But, um, But yeah, so that was pretty fun. And all of our friends came and we had so much support, which for some reason we didn't anticipate. We didn't think that like there was there was probably maybe one person in the audience that we didn't know because mm. all of our mates were like, I'm going to this gig. You got a, another friend of mine, Martin, he bought 10 tickets and then was just like, I've got 10 tickets if anybody missed out, you know? And so that everyone in the audience was our friends and family, which was really lovely. Um, and so we decided to carry on after that. We did a crowdfunding campaign and we did an EP, which came out last year, I believe. And uh, now we're actually writing an album, so wow. it's going. But it's been tough because we've all been really busy. We've yeah, because really you guys are probably yeah. in different continents yeah. and countries. LaDonna's been on tour for like the past couple of years, mm-hmm. man. She's been really busy. And I've just been, you know, chugging along doing this and that. And, you know, so it's it's been difficult to get our schedules to match up. But a couple of weeks ago, we did some writing and we've, we're going to get some tunes together. And that, that is the plan, I believe, is to... Is to make an album. So, so is it a different headspace you get in when you're when you're doing that? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think when you're doing your own thing, again, it's you know what have you got to whinge about? What do you want to say? And when you, when you get the opportunity to express that, mm. it does have you know you have a lot of freedom. But I also love learning songs for gigs and singing for artists and standing behind people so for me it's like someone asked me the other day what's your favorite part about being a singer and I was like I just love it all Mm. I love all of it I mean if someone said to me you can only ever do backing vocals for the rest of your life I'd be like cool if someone said you can only be a guest artist on a show for the rest of your life I'd be like cool Mm. I just I just love being able to open my mouth and make sound come out Mm. I don't really mind what capacity it's in I think um but at the same time I know that if I couldn't sing I'd still be someone. Yeah. I'd still be worthy. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. So I think when you Yeah, I think you just enjoy the key is to enjoy everything. Mm. You know? Like be in the moment, stay present and just enjoy everything. So yeah. Even though like you love everything, mm-hmm. what have been like one or two of you got your best gigs or best moments? Like just a few mm. oh or like ones that stand out, like um yeah. or a moment on stage or in the studio or then what have been like yeah, just a couple that comes to mind It might not have to be your best But what if I've asked you, ask you that question, what's the first, thing, first one that first comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind is what I did this January Which was, um, I was working with a company called Young Voices
1: Oh I went and I was looking oh,
0: at those online It was fantastic yeah. So basically the premise of Young Voices is to give young people I think roughly from the ages of about 8 to 11 A musical experience that they'll never forget Because you know a lot of the programmes in schools get taken off Because mm. of budgets or whatever But with Young Voices, they send, um, the schools apply and they send them the songs and every school learns the same songs. But it's different children every night. Mm -hmm. So if you imagine um, you go to Manchester and we do six nights in Manchester, every single night there'll be six to eight thousand children, different children each night. Now, if they're from the same school as say on Monday, we have St. Joseph's year nine. On Tuesday, we'll have St. Joseph's year eight. So it might be the same school, but it'd be a different year. And every child gets this one night to sing at Manchester Arena or the O2 with their friends. And it's just the most miraculous thing, honestly, hearing Mm. children sing, you know, with such passion. And they they give them like proper good tunes to sing. Like we did a a medley of the songs from the movie, The Greatest Showman. And I remember we have to rehearse because it's different kids every day. We have to rehearse with them every day. So I remember the first day um, that I went, we were in Sheffield. And I was thinking, you know, I'd learnt all my parts and you know, knew exactly what I was doing and it was all fine. So we got on stage and, you know, you do they show you your choreography and where you're going to walk and who you look at at the time and whatever. So we got on stage and, you know, I was like, OK, right. I'm just, I'm not a stranger to the dark. And then these kids started singing with me and I was like, I don't know Burst into tears. Couldn't even think about it now. I'm just like, oh. I could not continue singing and it was just like Charlene you're supposed to be singing now I was just like <laughs> oh, it's just so emotional yeah. when you hear like eight year olds oh, looking back awesome. when the sharpest words want to cut me down mm. Like such positive oh. lyrics and there's children singing that and when I was growing up it was like be seen and not heard mm. and then you have these children their voice is so powerful and strong and it's it's just the most emotional thing when I mean, you guys got kids so you know what it's like when they get their self-confidence yeah. and and they grow in themselves and they realise how powerful they are as humans. And just to hear the human voice like that, it was, just, it was too much for me. So I started bawling, and then the MD started bawling, and then the keyboardist started bawling, And then after we had rehearsal, we all stood in the hallway, like, It was just so emotional. Like, you guys, can yeah. you get together? Yeah, but then by the last night, it was like, when the shop is first, you're fine. Yeah. But the first night is so emotional because it's just, oh, mm. and, and thousands of children. Singing such positivity, it, it, it gets to you, man. So, mm. that for me was a massive highlight, and that was just in January. So, oh, so cool. yeah, and Tony Hadley was there as well. He was a oh, guest wow. artist as well. He's the loveliest man in the world, you know. I don't know. He's he such is. cute. Do you remember the group Spandau Ballet? Oh, yeah. He was the lead singer on Spandau okay, Ballet. Okay, okay. The man can sing, you know. <laughs> he was belting out some. Like, oh, Charlene, I can't <laughs> sing like you. I can't do their mad lives like what you do. And I was like, fame! Do you know you're talking <laughs> it was amazing and then there was a lady called um bo dermot 15 years old sounds like a grown-ass woman yeah. most beautiful voice really sweet at the end of the tour she bought me five pairs of earrings because she'd always look at my and goes i love your earrings she's from mm. liverpool I love your earrings are really nice today so she went out and bought me a bunch Aww, of earrings i just wanted to give so these cool. to you because you like earrings such a sweetheart yeah. her and her mum just met some lovely people mm. man really lovely so that was a real highlight for me definitely mm-hmm. Have
1: you got anything that you still want to do um, on your kind of bucket list as a singer and an artist or, or an artist you want to work with or something you want to do personally yourself in the capacity of singing? Jules Holland.
0: Yeah. Jules Holland. Yeah. That is, I think once I've done that, I'll go and sit down. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel <laughs> the same, same way, yeah. It's just one of those love, things, yeah. isn't it? I'd love yeah. to go. I mean, I've done Jules Holland so many times yeah. with artists, but yeah, I'd like to go on there with the girls, me and Le Charve, That just, would be banging. I would love three tunes, Mm-hmm. One in the beginning of the show to open the show, then one in the middle, a little acoustic vibe, then one at the end to close the show. That's what I'd like to yeah. do. I'd love to go and do. this Would you song. do the Christmas one, the Hootenanny one? That sounds fun. Say that again. The Christmas, the Hootenanny. Yeah, Christmas I've done Hootenanny a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, did it with Emily Sunday. I see you guys doing, doing like a checks. Christmas. Yeah. Thing as I well. I just, I would love to. That for me is. Yeah. I don't know why. But yeah. I think that's
1: the ultimate for me. It's got, I think it's just seen as the real musician show, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, really? and
0: it's just been going for so long it's and it's an interested. institution yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I it doesn't seem, Jules. even though it seems like a, a milestone, it also, it's like a community as well, mm-hmm. like Jules Holland, yeah. Yeah, I love doing that show as well. It's mm-hmm. always really easy. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, you go, you rehearse. You do what you're doing, and then you go back in the evening and you do the show, and then that's it. And it's all really simple, it's mm. really nice. And all the crew members are cool, and you get to know the cameraman after a while. Mm. Like, all right, Charlene, yeah. those, how are you? <laughs> you do it so many times, you know. But I would love to go on there with yeah, Shavi, definitely. That'd be awesome. Yeah, mm.
1: I think we're pretty much finished. Oh, but I, know. I guess we could is come there anything that you would want to say to artists out there any advice or words or or just just anything you want to say to artists you know you've lived it um what would you want to
0: convey the first thing i would say to artists is save your money Mm. the second thing i would say is stay on top of your tax returns (laughs) the third thing i say is hone your craft Mm. and then i would say before all of that learn who you are and what you need and give those things to yourself do not wait For somebody to validate you and tell you that you can. Just decide that you can and do whatever you can to make what you want to happen, happen. Don't wait for anybody. If you want to start writing songs, just start writing songs. If you want to start singing live, find out in the open mic. There's one, like I say, Tuesday night, Troy Bar, it's in Hoxton. You can Google it. Tuesday night, you can take your guitar and you can go and sing and play the songs that you've written. You know, but make sure that you don't stop expressing yourself mm. don't stop speaking life over yourself don't wait for somebody to speak life over you you do that stand in the mirror as embarrassing as it is and say i am talented mm. i am great whatever you need to say i can write i can sing whatever it is that you need to speak over yourself do it for yourself and just yeah just get out there and you're important and we need you and we want to hear what you got to say so yeah go for it so Thanks, good.
1: Love. You're Thanks a special you. lady. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. I'm very excited. So cool. Thank you
0: for having me. And go and follow um Charlene online. Charlene <laughs> Hector. Yes, Super Char S U P Of course. I that's my Instagram. And the Sha Um check out their um EP that they've done as well already. yes, it's called Honey. Um it's actually should still be on our um Spotify playlist. Um and also look out for their album whenever that's ready. Thank you. Be ready. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And don't forget to sign up to our mailing list where you'll receive... free 10-day guide is specially designed to inspire and equip independent music artists with some really useful practical and inspirational resources
1: check out our spotify playlist for new music from independent artists search we love independent music sign up at www.iamindependent.co.uk for more great content from i am independent find us on social media at we are independent artists